Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We have with us return guest Susan Messino. You, if you watched the show before, we talked to all things ACDC, Van Halen, her rock and roll thing. But right at the end, she decided to throw us a nice little teaser about paranormal and ghost stories. And unfortunately, we could not do that justice in time. So she, she just forced her hand. We had to bring her back. Susan Messino right, is coming back. We're going to talk about the secrets of the universe. Her book right there. You can see Universal Laws, Past Lives, Ghost Adventures, and more. We're about to find out what the more is right now. Welcome to the Three Beards Podcast. My name's Craig, along with Austin and Chris. Passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century. We're going to be Sans Chris, probably. Um, hopefully, he can join us. If not, he'll be here for the later show tonight. So welcome to the show, everybody. We have Susan Messino with us. Man, she disappeared. Look at that. <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Thanks Good. for having me back. Oh, you're welcome. You know, Jaron, hey, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Chastity, how are you? Mark, hello. How are you, sir? I always chimes in and says, hello, roomies. So, man, like I said in the intro, you dropped that nice little paranormal story on us. And so I asked you to come back on and I picked up the book You know that you were going to be talking about the secrets of the universe. I myself, I was, you know, I was I was actually surprised, um, you know, when I got got it. I was like it was one of those reading through and I'm for long. I think the first night I think I made it to um, almost like page 50. Mm hmm. And then I just had to set it down, you know, because I was, I'm like, it's 1230 at night. I got to, I got to go to bed. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was really good. And, uh, thank you. I'm, yeah. I just, I mean, I'm not sure where you, where you would want to start on this. Um, do you want, do you want to give everybody kind of like a brief overview of the book to kind of let them know? Cause I know you start everything from synchronous synchronicity, the, um, the power of positive manifestation, you know, chakras, mm -hmm. healing with light. Um, you go through, you go through that in the first couple, you know, the universal laws, you go that in the first, I think that's there's three. Um, and then chapter four or something. Yeah. Chapter four is numerology. Yeah. Kind of, if you want to go through there and then we'll get everybody to the part we teased about ghost stories. 
All right. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, the secrets of the universe is, um, for me, it's um, my primer to the paranormal. Um, it's, it's a short book. It's seven chapters, and you can, you know, read it pretty quickly. And it's basically like the seven things that I love the most, which is, you know, synchronicity, numerology, uh, universal law, past lives, ghosts. And actually, the last um, chapter is about self-love which is um, something that I think everybody struggles with. I know I do. And, yeah. um, and I, I threw in, you know, uh, ghost stories, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. I've been, you know, to Bobby Mackey's. I've been to Gettysburg. Um, I've been to Deadwood, South Dakota. Uh, I live in Savannah. So it's, it's, it's so haunted here that I don't really investigate a lot because there's, you know, there's just too much stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and, and Jaron uh, just put seven is a holy number. Did you do that intentionally? Yes, yes, I did. So, I love seven. Yeah, nice seven. Jaron caught on that. Good job. Yes, and there's seven chakras, and there's seven colors in the rainbow, and there's uh, I think seven chambers in the heart. Seven is um, played out in everything, in in our bodies and in the world around us. So yeah, seven's a very powerful number. That's no you. You know, and I, I think I really liked, you know, the chapter. I mean, a lot of people, you can look it up too, but it was just, I really liked the way you laid it out. You t talked about each chakra in, I think it was chapter three, I think. Yeah, chapter, I think yeah. two or three. Oh, I yeah, I'll look at here, make sure. Yeah, chapter two was the chakras and healing. And I liked, I liked the way you laid it out um, exactly with, here's the green chakra, what it was, mm -hmm. what, you know, what you can do to enhance this, what stones you can use. I mean, you went through each one. It was, it was real easy reference right there. You don't have to search it up. It was just easy. Just flip right there. And just it went, you went step-by-step step, each chakra and what you need to mm -hmm. use. And, and it was funny while I was reading it, it was almost like those things where when you put it out into the ether, you speak it, it starts to show. I, mm -hmm. I was amazed how many posts were popping up that were talking about the positive manifestation and so like posts where you, you'd say like, man, I'm really sick right now. You know, you turn that around and you need to say stuff like I'm in the process of healing. Mm -hmm. And by yes. saying that it's a lot better, you know, the negativity is like, oh man, I'm, I'm incredibly sick right now. You're, you're putting oh, yeah. that negativity in that down. And right. that's why I thought it was, it was credible synchronicity, you know, oh man, it's like I just, oh, I sure. chapter one. <laughs> well, that's the fun thing about for me for synchronicity is that, yeah, just, you know, all you have to do is start thinking about something or talking about it. And then the universe throws stuff at you, you know, whether it's yeah. a number um, or somebody, you know, calls you out of the blue that you haven't talked to in a million years, but you just, you know, you just mentioned them the other day. That kind of thing is just, you know, and once you learn those signs or learn how to recognize that stuff, I think it helps you um, with your direction in life because, you know, the universe is there to, to make your wishes come true. You have to do it. And I, I'm not an expert. Don't, you know, I, <laughs> I have lots of things I struggle with, but I really, um, I like to promote the fact that people do have a lot more control over their own lives and, mm -hmm. and it's all, all up here. It's all mental, which yeah. is, yeah. And that's, you know, and it's one of those things I mean, is as, as you're going, you always hear these stories about people that have healed themselves of the power of the mind. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, you wonder a lot of times, have you, have you come across that where you find that people, 
when you do that through that positive manifestation where if people, somebody takes the time through meditations and actually focuses on that healing, have you found that that seems to be an actual, you know, like tangible thing that can, can be measured? Cause I know there's always, when you come into the scientific thing, uh, you know, I can't tell you that the crystal behind me, you know, actually makes everything better. You know, there's mm-hmm. no way to scientifically prove that. I mean, I know it's just in my mentally, you know, I feel like I'm protected when I have, the crystal with me, but not, there's no way to scientifically prove it. So, I mean, have you found, you know, through your research and doing stuff, have you found there's been some cases where people have been able to go from, they're in a really bad state, but then as soon as they change their positivity and they actually started doing that mental, I'm healing, have actually started making that change that could be measured. Oh, definitely. The miracle thing. Yeah, no, I, I, um, when my son was really little, I taught him how to help himself by using his light mentally. I taught him what the, sh- you know, he had colors that, um, you know, so when he had a stomach ache, we would bring in the yellow light and we would do a little exercise and stuff. And uh, I myself um, spent, it took me and I, you know, I'm not going to say this works for everybody, but I years ago suffered from asthma. And I had the inhaler and, you know, the whole thing. And uh, I hated it. I hated having asthma. I hated having, you know, trouble breathing. Um, When I used the inhaler, it would make me shake so bad that I I didn't want to use the inhaler. So I worked with my green chakra light, which is, you know, through your lungs and your heart area. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a meditation every night for at least a year. And, and doing this before you go to sleep is a great way to fall asleep is to work with, you know, all your colors or just one color or whatever. But I got rid of my asthma. I don't have asthma anymore. And it took me over a year of meditation to do that. But I decided that I just I wasn't going to go into my life the rest of my life being an asthmatic. And to this day, my um, allergist still doesn't understand how that happened. But that's cool. I, I was just, as you're saying with like the lights, I wonder if like that stuff you can get at Lowe's or Home Depot, those multi-light disco ball things, you just turn it on at night. All of a sudden you're here getting all your chakras at the same time. All the lights are going off. Yep, you exactly. come up and you just, you know, you feel, you feel completely recharged. Meanwhile, everybody in the house can't sleep because you look like you're having a rave all night long. <laughs> well, you know, and there's a story that I heard years ago that I taught my son when he was little to, you know, uh, encourage him to believe and this is a story about a little boy that had a hole in his heart yes, that they were that going story. to do surgery on. And they decided to do an exercise with him for about a month where they envisioned taking a golden thread and sewing the, sh- the hole closed. And they did, they worked that with him for at least a month, maybe longer. But when it came time to do the surgery and they did more, you know, x-rays and all that, there was no hole in his heart. Wow. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm more spiritual than religious, but Jesus even said, you know, some people can heal other people and they have that ability, but we all have the ability to heal ourselves. Mind over matter. That's, that's, so, that's cool. And um, yeah. while we're doing that too, it's, uh, you're talking about, Jaron had a question, you know, what can an alcoholic do? I mean, is there one of those, like the light therapy, is there something where that would help somebody with alcoholism? Well, 
you know, I that's that's a tough one because it's an addiction, it's an illness like anything else. And um, I've, you know, my parents were alcoholics. I grew up in an alcoholic household. And I think for someone who's battling that, um, it, it's not going to hurt to use your light and also have the, um, the belief that you can get better. And a lot of people, you know, that's very hard. I mean, it, it usually takes uh, going into rehab and, and detoxing safely. And, um, you know, it wouldn't, I, I can't say it's going to cure someone from alcoholism, but it's certainly going to give you more uh, tools to um, strengthen yourself, strengthen your mind, and your ability to believe that you can be better. Now, which, so. which chakra, you know, do you, you think would be more suited for that one? I mean, because, you know, alcoholism is a dependency, so there's a lot of psychological mm-hmm. stuff between that, that need, but there's also, you know, through the liver, the body yeah yeah i would work on on all of them but also your you know your white light that comes down through you um through the top of your head and out the bottom of your feet and it refracts into seven colors which is you know we're a rainbow we're actually a walking rainbow so you i you know using white light is always always works but then you know for alcoholism i mean that's you know you want to do your lavender and your indigo which is your third eye your higher consciousness to give yourself mm-hmm. strength. Um, but that, yeah, that's a tough one because um, addictions are, they're, they're an addiction. It's not a choice. So I, but I think both, you know, working hand in hand with that wouldn't, wouldn't hurt at all. So oh, that's good. Oh, okay. That's good. That, yeah. And that was one of those. Yeah. Now it's, and then, but yeah. yeah, that story, like I said, I was, that was one of the ones I was going to bring up to you. Cause I absolutely love that story about the golden thread. Mm-hmm. And just te- and it's it's one of those you know uh, stories. And you also talked about it earlier too about um, telling you know helping your children believe. And I honestly, I I personally I take responsibility. I I think in a way I crushed a little bit of that before I really started opening up to this thing because you know as a parent you know when you think about it, all the times the kids come up, it's like dad, dad, I see this. It's just a shadow. Just go lay lay sure. back down. To where uh, a couple, it was a few, you know, a few months ago, I, I, I first told the story about I've seen a, an apparition in our home twice Ooh. where I've seen it. And when I bolt out of bed, it's gone. Sure. Yep. Well, my son, he came, it was a few months ago. He came to me and he, he just called me in there and he's like, he sees this dark shadow figure in his room and it's learned, you know, and at this time, normally I'd be like, it's just a shot, just playing trick. Don't worry about it. This mm-hmm. time, something inside me told me, this is what I need to do. I went, I had a rock that when we, when we were beachcombing, it was stone. So it was the bedrock, this, and it had the whole, already had the natural worn hole in it. And I actually had put that on a chain. Well, I took it in his room and I hung it up there and I said, son, this will keep you safe. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I came across a thing that that's an actual thing. And I had no idea. Oh, wow. It was just cool. in my head. I was like, this is what I need. This is a thousand, you know, this is going to work. This is going to be something mm-hmm. I could keep. And he hasn't seen it in his room since. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, shadow people are, are you know, you have to hold your own with them. Um, if you really need to, you know, uh, you can sage your, your home and the people that live in your home. But again, mentally, 
fill your house with white light. You know, always, and, and the go-to for me is Archangel Michael. Anytime you're, you're creeped out or you feel like, hey, I need backup here, mm-hmm. Archangel Michael is always there. He can be there as soon as you think of him. And I've seen lots of shadow people. <laughs> and usually I make them move on. You know, if they're in my house, yeah. I, I want them to leave. But, you know, they're, nope. they're pretty common. Are you, are you um, do you go so far as to set up the altar? Because I know there's a few people that do you have the altar to say, you know, to the no. Archangel Michael. And I, I'm like, I haven't done any of that, but I know there's some people that have the full setup. I mean, they just, you know, when yeah. they have they go with the candles and all, they've got the statue. And, just, and so I was wondering if, if you've ever gone to that route. Not yet. No, no, I haven't done the altar yet. Um, you know, you think I would have by now, but I don't know. I'm probably too lazy to, to actually, you yeah. know, put, put something proper together. And then, you know, with my luck, I'd bring in the wrong people, you know, so I, I just don't want to mess with that. <laughs> Yeah, isn't isn't that the isn't that the case though? It's just you see all these. It's like to do these things. All right, you have to do it right in the moon. You have to when the moon, yeah. you know, does its phases. <laughs> then you have to lay these things out and bless them. I'm like, I'm I know. so lazy. Can it's I just, a lot of work. I know. I'm like, yeah. how much to pay somebody else to do this for me? Just have, just ship it to me. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm, let's be honest. I'm gonna forget. Oh yeah, no, I forget. Or I'm like the next day. I'm like, oh, it was the full moon last night again. Yep. You know, so I, I'm the same way. Or you're not supposed to, if you, you bathe it in the moonlight and it's not supposed to reach sun, you yeah, forget <laughs> about it and it's cooked all day in the sun. I'm like, well, that was a waste. Yeah, really. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I, I do my thing, but I'm not, you know, super organized with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, Jaron's been talk, uh, talking in the chat room. He's been talking, he's seen a shadow person and it even in the house, it was giving kids nosebleeds. Oh, no, no, no. Nice. Bring in some sage, you know, bring in your angels, Archangel Michael, um, call in your spirit guides, your guardian angels, all the big guns and uh, and yeah. protect yourselves, you know, because that should never happen. That's that's really horrible. Yeah, that's now, you know, one of the things we didn't really get to it um, last show, but this mm-hmm. one I wanted to also get to. Because obviously, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, you had all your thing in the, the <laughs> rock and roll thing with all the bands. With that level, you know, of debauchery that goes on in some of the hotels, you know, in the after parties. And so it has, the, have you noticed, you know, or through any of the people that you've been hanging around have talked about that there's been a prevalent of ghost stories from the bands that have been on tour? You know, like they've seen stuff in the green rooms and the hotels, you know, yeah, and they tell I've... stories about. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, um, one that I think is is really interesting, um, I'm from Wisconsin, and I actually um, booked, I worked for a paper when Stevie Ray Vaughan played Alpine Valley in East Troy, Wisconsin, the night that he died. And I had set up that show with tickets and passes and everything so we could cover it for our paper. And, uh, and it was terrible because I had a great uh, talk with his publicist and, you know, we, I figured I'd be talking to him again. And then he died in the helicopter crash that night, leaving Alpine Valley. And there are people that claim that when he was on stage playing and he had, you know, Buddy Guy, had his brother, Jimmy, um, who else was there? I think Robert Cray. A uh, couple of you know people on stage, and they claim that they saw Stevie in his dressing room at the same time that he was on stage. Wow! Which is very interesting because 
he died just hours at not even hours after that. So was that so, astral projection? Like he, it, his soul yeah. was starting to leave. Pro- like, probably, you know, like exactly like doing, you know, uh, pulling up, you know, loose ends on getting ready to leave. I don't, you know, but it had to be some type of an astral projection like that. And then, um, yeah. you know, like speaking of, you know, ACDC, when I talk to the guys in the band, they always talk about Bon being on stage. When they're on stage, Bon is still with them on stage. They feel him all the time. And there's been um, two times. One time when they were recording um, The Razor's Edge, I, I can't remember where the story came from, but they came in one day and on one of the uh, vocal tracks of one of the songs, it sounded like Bon was singing background on this oh, one cool. song. And then later on, um, uh, who was it? Uh, I think it's the engineer that worked on Power Up, the latest ACDC album, which of course didn't have Malcolm Young on it. It's dedicated to Malcolm. But he claimed that he came in one day and it sounded like Malcolm was singing background on one of the songs. Oh, wow. So, That's Yeah. Super cool. I've often wondered about that because – you know, we'll, we'll get into it here in a little bit, um, you know, when we get to like Gettysburg and these other ones, because mm. there's always that residual because there are people that will hear a cannon fire, there will gunfire. And I've, and I've often wondered that with people from Jimi Hendrix to Janis Joplin to, you know, now you have Malcolm, you have all these as, a, you know, as these artists pass away, you mm-hmm. know, if people while you're setting up, you know, that same thing, like on the when they go on tour, you know, do they hear the guitar played do they hear sure. something like that where they can hear malcolm like warming up oh sure you know yeah. and I, i've often wondered that where you got the sound guy up there and he's just like you know it's like who's got the guitar and no you know nobody's touching it and mm-hmm. i've wondered if that if if you've come across any stories like that of people that have actually said like yeah we feel like somebody's on stage playing and there's nobody there right yeah ba- basically the the stories that you know that acdc has told me about how they you know no matter where they are, or what they're doing, they always feel like Bon is right there with them. And, uh, and I can feel them on stage too, when I see them live. And there's so many songs they do that Bon, you know, wrote the lyrics for. So he's so much a part of the show anyway. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, they talk about Bon, even though, you know, Bon's been gone 41 years already. And yep. uh, he, they still talk about him, you know, like that's when we talk, when we see each other, when they're on tour, one of the first things we talk about is Bon. So, wow. And then, you know, Harold, Harold uh, just asked a question. Do you, um, do you ever feel like you get received signs from Malcolm or, oh. you know, Bon Scott, you know, like, you know, just because yes. yeah. you would be somebody that would know. Cause I mean, you, you have, <laughs> you know, intimate, you know, details on the band that most people don't. I mean, well, I mean, Bon, especially, um, I remember back in the early nineties, I did, uh, I used to do an article, I had a paper called Rock Central, and I do an article on the anniversary of, of when I met the band, which was literally 44 years ago on the 16th of August, so 44 years, but after Bond died, in the early 90s, before the, the internet was as big as it is now, there, uh, there was not that many pictures of Bond anywhere, yeah. and they, um, so I always sent my articles to their publicity company and they actually called me one day and they said hey um, Marvel Comics wants to do this this comic book on the 
on the band and they're having trouble finding pictures of Bond. Do you think you can talk to the guy and help him out? So I talked to the guy at Marvel Comics. Um, I didn't like the premise of the comic book and I told him right out that I didn't like it. And then uh, right at the same time, video games became really big and comic mm -hmm. books downsized. So Marvel never made the comic book. But back in those days, Bond was, you couldn't even find pictures of him. And now he's, you know, he's bigger than he's ever been, but he comes to me. He's always, always has come to me in my dreams. Um, very vivid dreams. Oh, wow. Um, very, uh, I know that he, he guides me, you know, he helps me out at times. And uh, now I know, you know, Malcolm watches over me. Malcolm always was like a brother to me. And uh, so when I, you know, I, I'm, let's say ACDC lucky. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, yeah. It I was just, just thinking you know. like that too. Have you reached out to Marvel to see if they have any of the concept panels? Oh, God, I was just thinking no. about that because there's, they most likely when they're in the process, somebody drew up something. Mm -hmm. So there's probably, and so I wonder if they have any, you know, oh, of those, be worth uh, a lot of money if they did. Yeah, and that's what I was, no. I was just saying. It's like, man, I wonder if you've ever reached out to see if they actually have, you know, the artist or whoever was going to do it. If they actually just has it, like, oh yeah, I've got those here in this dusty old stack of, <laughs> you know, drawings. I know it's funny because years later, and this was, um, I I was writing my first book, Rock and Roll Fantasy, when I was um, seeing the band on tour, and I, I think it was the Ball Breaker tour. Can't mm -hmm. tell you for sure, but I didn't know how to end my book. I was trying to like, how do I wrap this up kind of thing. And uh, the band was leaving to go to the next city. We're hanging out in the dressing room and a fan that was there, a uh, very dedicated fan, Carl Allen. He tried to stop Malcolm and he said, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. What happened with that Marvel comic book? What, you know, did it ever get released? And they were being shoved out the door to the tour bus. Malcolm turned to me and he pointed at me and he says, ask Sue. She goes all the way back. She knows everything. And that's how I ended my book was that quote from Malcolm. That's and it awesome. is it is funny because I don't think Marvel Marvel Comics likes me very much because I told the guy off on the phone. He had um, Bond living in hell. Um, he said he was running hell, but still. And he said he was having uh, he was playing a card game with the devil and Nixon, Richard Nixon, and whoever won, if he won, he could bring the band down to to hell to play one more concert. And I flipped out on the guy. I said. I don't care if you have him running hell or not. Bon is not in hell. He's never been in hell, never will be in hell. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't, I don't think he appreciated that too much. I wonder, I wonder if he played on, because especially at that time, this was just ramping up to when the Bible Belt was going after ACDC as mm. Antichrist Devil Child. Yes. You know, even though it's clearly on record, they said it was the sister who was making the cost, you know, the uniform for mm. Angus on the sewing machine, you know, ACD. I mean, that's clear. It's, I mean, I don't know how many more times you got to have the actual band say, this is how we came up with the name. No, that stands for antichrist devil. I go, they no, told you it's literally stands for the current symbol and the lightning bolt is because it's electricity. I mean, it, there's, there's oh, yeah. nothing, there's nothing antichrist devil worship about this. And I just, uh, well, so they, I was wondering if that's where <laughs> that came from. Well, they were so um, naive in the in the very early days. There's a story of them being a in a cab, and the cab driver heard that they were called ACDC, 
And it also means, you know, that you kind of go both ways, if you know what I mean. And so he suggested to the band, oh, you guys are, you know, bi, bisexual. And Malcolm was like, are you, do you want to get punched? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're they like, what, what, what are you doing? So yeah, they get, they've been accused of a lot of stuff over the years. Yeah, That's I, not well, true. I, I can imagine, you know, and. <laughs> As we're, you know, it's where, you know, agreement because we want to get into the ghost stuff too about these things is, you know, so like playing, you know, at these clubs, you see, you know, you went to Bobby Mackey's and, you know, this yes, is one yeah. of those, this is one of those, anybody that's watched Ghost Adventures, um, there's a few of the other ghost, ghost hunting, you know, I hate using the term hunting because, you know, we're not mm. trying to kill a ghost. This is <laughs> Ghostbusters. You know, while you're, these investigations, when you're going to these things that Bobby Mackey's is this one. And I think the craziest thing, did you meet Bobby Mackey? Yes, I did. Isn't yes, that crazy I, I, that he still doesn't believe? I don't believe that. I think he uses yeah. that. I, you know. Maybe that's what it is. Because every time you see the show, it's like, yeah, I'm still not sure. How no, many that, glasses do you have to see going flying off the bar You know, before you start saying, I think there might be some activity here? Oh, yeah. No, there's. they've uh, done so many shows now of how many employees have been infe- you know, infected, <laughs> mm-hmm. affected, um, possessed, um, horrible things happening to them. Uh, it's, I, I do not, and they do this all the time. They have ghost hunts almost every weekend there. So God bless him, but Bobby, Bobby Mackey makes a lot of money off of this. And yeah. I, I don't uh, ever suggest that people should go there because it's not to be played with because there are entities that mess with you because they can they're there and they will and they did with me i got really sick when i was there like major sick (laughs) you know so with your thing and are you a believer that the more that people investigate a place the more you know because like it said in your book you know like we've been talking about you know, your, your positive manifestation, but I've often wondered, cause I'm, I'm, I'm a vocal critic of the ghost adventures method of provoke, you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, Zach is, you know, his well known for, he likes to provoke the spirits, you know, do something. I want you to take, you know, yeah. and I've wondered if through all these things, are they basically basically feeding this stuff steroids? Because every time you're there, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I mean, do you feel that's what's going on, Bobby Mackey's, is because of all this, it's just getting worse and worse? Oh, absolutely. You know, what's interesting is that um, Jack Osborne had a show or has a show called Portals to Hell. He was uh, on the show with Katrina. She used to be on a show, I think, with Nick Groff, who is one of the original Ghost Adventures. They went to Bobby Mackey's, and they had an automatic writer, a psychic, you know, Um, take you know writing things that were coming through and whatever she was communicating with said i can make you sick i know how to make you sick and and i I know i got sick when i was there but at the end of the show there's a disclaimer that comes up that within um jack went back to la katrina went to philadelphia and within 48 hours both of them were in the er after being at bobby mackey's so this is this isn't going to help Austin get to a haunted house thing. He's like he's already he's not supposed to bring anything home. So is we so we're going to have to check out Bobby Mackey's as a place that Austin's going to get to go. No, no, yeah. no, don't do it. I mean it. I mean they. I've been invited back, and I'm like hell no. 
not going back there because uh, there was a man in the basement. See, they, they, we had a lot of people there. Um, there were, you know, people from the East Coast, you know, Jeff and Sylvia um, or Shannon Sylvia. They were on Ghost Hunters International and we were, they mm-hmm. were um, streaming it online and it was, you know, a pretty big deal. So there's about six of us in groups of or six groups of about five each and they were provoking in the basement. And there was a man, I didn't see it happen, but I heard about it, that they were provoking. And this man was pinned up against the wall by something he couldn't see. And he went running out of the club. That was the end of his night. So Downstairs is the most active, isn't it? In that mm-hmm. location? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's just... I think it, there's a lot. There's a lot of layers of hauntings there. You know, going back to the Native Americans and then the Underground Railroad, and there were um, oh god, in the fifties, it was like the kind of mobster type realm going on there. Um, so there's there's a lot of layers, and it just like in Savannah, there's so many layers of hauntings that it's 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 overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> you know, you just wow. never know what you're going to see. So. Yeah, you know, and kind of from there, I mean, it's just, I know like Gettysburg, I really want to get there. I know you've got some really cool stories and, you know, so, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you pick which, which your favorite one to start with, you know, but uh, I said, I've been looking forward to hearing these. It's like, you know, yeah. we're going to save the one with you, you know, you and your son, you know, I said, we'll, we'll oh. save that one, you know, for the last two for anybody that didn't hear that one prior. Okay. So, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, um, yeah. So Gettysburg. So when did you, when was your first experience and um, what were you expecting when you got there? Well, I went to Gettysburg and um, what's funny is I flew into Washington, D.C. to see ACDC in, uh, in 2016. And this was right, um, it was booked, but then Brian had to leave the band because of his hearing problems. Mm-hmm. So at the last minute, the, the gig was canceled. And my friend who lived in Maryland, and uh, he had been to Gettysburg like a hundred times. He couldn't wait to take me there, so we got to go there for two days instead of one. And oh, wow. the first, oh yeah, it was so you know. But when you go into Gettysburg, you go into kind of a valley when you drive in, and you, it feels like you're going underwater. I mean that that's what the air to me felt like. It's very heavy, like like almost like you're wearing a coat. And uh, we stayed at the uh, Gettysburg Hotel the first night, which is really cool because it overlooks the the square. Um, mm-hmm. I believe right out the window was where Lincoln gave the Gettysburg address. So it's very historical. But the sad part was the, the first day we went to the battlefield. And that was little round top and big round top and, you know, um, the devil's den, all of that is there. And uh, what, what struck me more than anything was how it was just open fields. There was nowhere to hide, like nowhere to hide. I mean, all they did was walk into each other and kill each other. Yeah. You know? It's one of those, whenever you see those things, you know, see lined up, it's just, you look back on here, it's like, what a weird way to fight a war. Just line up in front of each other and shoot. Yeah. And just keep shooting, you know, and what, 56,000 men died over three days. Yeah. And it was, it was so, um, it was so sad for me because I pick up, I pick up other people's energy. So it was very, very sad and we walked around for god probably 2 hours 
because my friend was, you know, he'd seen it all. So he wanted to show me this, he wanted to show me that. And there's, um, you know, there's monuments to all the different regiments that, that, you know, fought and died there. So there's a lot of historical markers, but it's just, it, it blew my mind that they, like I said, there was nowhere to hide. It was just a bloodbath. And literally after two hours, I started tasting blood in my mouth. And that's when I had to leave. I was like, you yeah, know, that's, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I, well, cause that's one thing. I mean, a lot of people, you know, until you get there, which, which, you know, cause that's one of the bucket list places I want to get there. I've been to a few, mm-hmm. you know, a few locations and like one of the things like just from studying it, doing some people mm-hmm. that the thing, when you start realizing even like the surgery, the hospitals, oh. you start seeing the trauma that was not only just the death, but how many people were having their arms, legs cut off, mm. you know, at the same time. So you have just just this recipe for spiritual activity in this location. I mean, I can only imagine mm-hmm. between just the reverence of the land and just the sheer number of spirits that are probably there when you come into the place. I mean, especially because it sounds like you actually have, a li- you know, have that. It's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you consider yourself medium, you know, consider, mm-hmm. you know, you by the same as like tasting blood, you sound, you sound yeah. like you, you've got that ability to that, where you're experiencing it. Cause most mm-hmm. people would just come in. It's like, wow, you know, the reverence, like, this is pretty cool. I don't know yeah. how many people are going to go in. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I feel like, you know, it's, it's like, I've got this pain in my side right now, you know, just mm-hmm. where you're, you're basically channeling somebody that's been shot. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I am, I am a psychic empath. Um, I pick up, like I said, I pick up a lot of uh, energy from other people. And um, before we left the battlefield that day, my friend wanted to show me one more place and it's like Silver Springs or, you know, I know I got that wrong. I need to look that up. It's in my book, but it's another place where there was a massacre and uh, he want he, I got to, we got to see this before we go back to town. So I said, okay, fine. So we drove over, over to that part of the battlefield and um, there was nobody there when there was a lot of people, you know, ghost hunters, if you will, mm-hmm. that were all over the field. There was tons of cars and we go over to this place where there's nobody, nobody's there. So um, we get out of the car and we see this, uh, it's like a little um, water spring thing that, uh, you know, I guess a lot of people died there too. And uh, we went walking down the road along the tree line and the sun was going down and I can, sometimes I can hear people. I, sometimes I get images. Sometimes I can actually hear somebody talking to me, which is, you know, kind of weird but yeah it happens uh and um we were walking down the road and the saddest thing it it made me cry because it was it was just um, unbelievable but i heard this boy come rushing out of the woods at me and he sounded like a kid you know a teenager he was extremely distraught and he called me mama and he begged me to help him go home and he said, oh, mama, wow. oh, mama, please, please. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And I, so I st- stopped and I told my friend, I said, hold on a second. I said, we're, I'm making a contact here with somebody. And so I brought in the white light. I told him that he, you know, the war is over. He doesn't need to hide anymore. And I said, if you, you know, choose to go into this light, your family and your friends are waiting for you there. 
So you don't have to stay here anymore. You can move on. And he, he sounded so terrified that I started to cry. And my friend reached over to touch me on the back and he jumped back and screamed. And I, I turned around and I'm like, what? what's wrong? And he said, Oh my God, your neck felt like I put my hand into barbed wire. I said, and I I don't think he really believed that I was communicating with someone. And I said, well, I did tell you that I was talking to someone. So, you know, that was very, uh, it was sad and I hope I helped move him on. Um, That would be wonderful if I did. And uh, then we went back and stayed that night at the Farnsworth Inn, which if you go to Gettysburg, you got to stay at the Farnsworth because you're going to, you're going to get activity. <laughs> well, that's cool. Cause yeah, that's, yeah. Cause that, that's one of the ones I want to get there. It, it's, you know, and that was in why you said you went to Washington. Did you get a chance to go to Arlington cemetery? I know you talked no. about it a little bit in your, your book. Yeah, you know, we didn't. I can only imagine what you are going to experience oh, walking around gosh. Arlington. Yeah. If, no, if nobody has been there, uh, it's one, I've been there twice, but it's just, it's acres and acres of nothing but white crosses. And, you know, you've got all the tombs, tomb of their own soldier. You go through all these, mm-hmm. you know, Kennedy's Memorial is there. I mean, you go through all these and they have it, you know, you have civil war, you have all these and it's, it's pretty somber when you see just the, the number of stuff. And so I can only imagine somebody like yourself that has, has that ability. That's got to just be almost overwhelming. Yeah, it was, it was very, um, I, I'd go back. It wasn't like I had an experience where I wouldn't go back, but um, <laughs> we stayed at the Farnsworth hotel, which is, or Farnsworth Inn. And I highly suggest staying there if you have a chance because they have a ghost tour and they actually serve um, dinner of what you would have eaten back during the civil war, which is pretty oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they have like pickled watermelon and, you know, stuff that they actually made back then. But um, we were, uh, my friend was staying in the Sarah black room and I was staying in Jeremy's room. So we go on the tour and we're up in the attic now. Now you've heard of Jenny Wade who was the first female civilian to be killed in the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And in the attic of the Farnsworth, the soldiers used to uh, use that to be snipers. They'd lay in the windows and shoot from the windows. And a stray bullet from the Farnsworth is what killed Jenny Wade. So the Farnsworth is um, extremely haunted. And as we're in the attic listening to the whole thing, she's like, and at night, if you're below this, you know, this part of the attic, you will hear soldiers walking back and forth. That's something everybody hears. And then, uh, so everybody's like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know? So then she's like, you know, so who's staying in Jeremy's room tonight? And I'm like, you know, and she's like, oh, (laughs) yeah, no. So Jeremy's room is dedicated to a little boy who was actually hit and killed by a horse and carriage, a buggy and uh, carriage thing. And he died in the bathroom of the Sarah Black room. So they dedicated oh, wow. this open porch that they made into a bedroom and they put all these toys. It's really pretty. It's got, you know, it's all in blue. But the porch, when it was an open air porch, there were two soldiers killed on that porch. One was almost beheaded by the bullet. 
and then they said that Jeremy and a little girl, his friend Sissy, that you will hear them, that you might hear them because he still plays here. So what happened that night was um, I went to my friend's room first, to the Sarah Black room. Wouldn't stay there if you paid me a million dollars. So creepy. It even That's has room. Yeah, it has a mannequin with her like wedding dress on it. You don't. You're not sleeping with a mannequin in the room. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, right there. His room. Yeah, I was like, no. So I we were we were sitting. In, it was, I had to laugh because he's been there before. So I thought, you know, he's a veteran of this, right? So I leave him to his room, and I'm like, hey, see you tomorrow. Checkout's eleven. Have a good night. I go back to my room, and I I sleep like a baby. I did take pictures of everything around the room, and then I I went to sleep like nothing and i dreamed that i actually was playing with a little boy which i thought was my son at the time but it probably wasn't it was probably jeremy jeremy but the next day when i first these ladies woke me up talking like they were right in my room and i woke up and i thought god you know what are the walls made of paper i mean that's weird and so i went back to sleep but about an hour later two a boy and a girl running through the hall slamming doors laughing and i'm laying there going it's sunny outside um why don't you guys play outside maybe and then i went back to sleep again then somebody bangs on my door i get up and i'm not a morning person i'm just going to tell you so i get up (laughs) i open the door and it's my friend he's packed he's got his coat on he's holding his suitcase and he's like i didn't sleep a wink last night and i almost came and got you and I'm thinking, oh, that would have been a big mistake because I was <laughs> sleeping really well. But not only did he, um, he felt the father that lost Jeremy. You can feel him walking around the bed at night. He paces. He had this on tape, too. He, he recorded it. And he oh, heard wow. the, the soldiers in the, the attic above him. And he, 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 he was freaked out. He couldn't sleep. I said, Jim, they, t- they told you what you were going to hear. So, you know, yeah. and, and so I, I had a laugh. I was kind of like, come on, you know, that, that I would have been fascinated with that. But before oh, I left yeah. the room, I noticed before I checked out that three little toy soldiers were laying down on the shelf. Now, I didn't, hmm. I didn't do that. I didn't knock them over in any way. And when I checked out, I mentioned it to the lady at the, uh, at the office about the kids and she laughed and she goes, oh, you heard Jeremy and Sissy. And I said, I did. And she goes, yeah, there's no kids here. I don't have any kids staying here. So that, I was fascinated by that, but I wouldn't stay in the Sarah Black room. No. Wow. That, <laughs> yeah. So the kids slamming doors, that was the, that was the two little kids running. They were loud. Running. I mean, wow. they were laughing. They were slamming doors and I'm laying there going, please go outside. <laughs> Now, did you ever? Did either you or anybody in your party ever see an apparition? I have. I so not while there. you were on that trip, you did. No, not not not. I didn't see anything in Gettysburg, but I did see an apparition on the uh, Titanic exhibit in Chicago. So, wow. Yeah, now, and that's what that's one of those things that's you know always been a mystery. You know, it's just how much is a spirit tied to a physical object. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's one of those things, you know, because you have like the life preserver, you know, that gets mm-hmm. moved around from exhibit, you know, and that's, do they yep. follow that around? You know, is that like their anchor? You know, because it's one of those, 
obviously, I mean, I don't think a spirit cares where it's at. I mean, I think that'd be pretty crazy to see a apparition down there when you're doing a dive on the actual Titanic. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to, I, I, sorry, I, I um, didn't mean to interrupt, but mm. I, I noticed someone said that I give the impression as a mother figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's, what's really strange is that when I was in middle school, when we studied the Civil War, I had nightmares about the Civil War. And I always felt like I lost a son in the Civil War in a past life. That, one, that, that could be the case, yeah. That could have been my son that I moved on. And it's, you know, he called me mama. And it was uh, it was so overwhelming. But um, with the Titanic now, you have so much like Branson, Missouri has the, the, the real, I mean, they rebuilt the Titanic. And they see people, they see apparitions all the time. So that's, you know, I mean, dying the way they did, they're definitely going to be attached to those objects. They're, they're personal objects. Yeah, when you're saying that about school, school too, it just made me think about um, when my son was a lot younger at my parents' house, they've got a photo of great-grandfather. You know, it's a great-great-grandfather. It's, it's one of those old photos. And I want to say my son was three, and he looked up and he said, that's my grandson. Oh, and we're like, you know, just, you know, at that time, you know, like I said, we're like, you know, that's awesome. You know, it's like, you think that's your grandson, you know, just laughing. But as we've yeah. been doing this talking, I'm like, I wonder if he isn't just reincarnation, you know, and that literally was his grandson, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I'm like, you know, this could be, you know, great, great, great granddad, you know, like, you're like oh, yeah, that's, Mr. Oh. that's my grandson right there. And it just, so yeah, as we were talking yeah. about, I'm like, that, that just popped in my head. I'm like, oh, I wonder if my son actually has some here and I am just big bad right. dad here has been crushing the spirit knock it <laughs> off and now i'm like embrace it you're like make up your mind dad well you know um they, they i i believe this a lot of people believe this that people reincarnate together you know like like my son could have been you know my mom or you know because she passed before he was born although he insists he's not uh <laughs> but uh they you know that happens very like a lot of kids little kids will recognize like grandparents that have passed over already and mm-hmm. they'll go oh yeah you know i he comes in my room you know or i see him he comes and plays with me that sort of thing so it, it is fascinating yeah um i was gonna you know kind of like I saw Jaren's question, what was the first massacre? You know, we're kind of the same thing. And I, w- I just thought back to, a little bit to your question where you were talking about that little the kid that was killed by the wagon. Mm-hmm. Was that in the panic during the first um, the first battle when it first started? You know, everybody went out there with the, the picnic? I, I don't know. I should look it up because, um, you know, I would like to know when that happened. I don't know if it was during the war or, you know, but he's because he died in that building. He's definitely still there. You yeah, know. Anybody that doesn't know that part is it's pretty interesting to see. They everybody went traveled out there in wagons, brought their picnic lunches mm-hmm. because they expected to see the the Union soldiers just route these, you know, these these farm boy hicks you know from the south that were lined up and then when the battle turned everybody just you know it was a panic because the south routed the union mm-hmm. you know yeah. and that one and it was just it was and that's why i was just i'm just popping my head i was like i wonder i actually mm-hmm. wonder if that wagon if that wasn't it it just he was hit in that panic you know when somebody mm-hmm. was fleeing in a wagon that's when he was struck 
Yeah, that's possible. I should look that up because, um, you know, I feel like I know Jeremy a little bit now. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, was it? an amazing experience. Yeah, especially when, you know, with that connection, that would be something, you know, if you go there again to, to a- definitely ask that one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I was going to, you know, get to the one with your son. What, um, so what was the story, like how that, you know, when did that come, happen? That's with uh, the Titanic. Yeah, the Titanic. Yeah, what? What? Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> my son doesn't like to talk about it anymore because he's twenty seven. But I, I get to talk about it because I, I went through it. So, um, it started when he was four years old, and we left him with a babysitter, and they were showing the Titanic on HBO, and she was watching the movie. He got up. In, you know, during the movie, and she let him watch the rest of the movie with her. Now, that would not have been my choice for a four-year-old to watch yeah. the Titanic sink and, you know, 1,500 people die. So uh, that was a little disturbing to know that. But the next day, when he got up, all he talked about was the Titanic. I mean, he was obsessed and not, I mean, with the people that died, but the, the, the construction of the ship is what he was extremely upset about. And he started, he always liked to draw. He was very uh, artistic as a little kid. So he had a whole art desk with, you know, all the pencils and the colors. Mm -hmm. And within two weeks, he'd probably drawn, painted, or, you know, uh, fashioned um, a picture of the Titanic about 50 times. And, And this was from memory. He wasn't like looking at a picture of a, in a book. And then drawing, he was just obsessively drawing and telling me that it shouldn't have happened. It was, there were mistakes made. They were rushed. Uh, it shouldn't have sunk. The people that he was really upset with the boiler room, that the men were trapped in the boiler room. And uh, we thought, you know, eh, this will pass after a little while. You know, we saw the movie. This probably, you know, triggered whatever. But uh, this went on for two years, like literally two years. He had night terrors. Yeah, he had night terrors. Um, He talked about the Titanic every day. Um, He drew pictures of the Titanic every day. Um, I don't. Even if we went to a restaurant where you could play on the tablecloth, how they can draw. By the time we'd leave uh, dinner, there'd be a whole picture of the Titanic on the uh, the tablecloth. So wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty crazy. So, um, but we, you know, we just, I let him um, live through it because I didn't want to suppress it. I was afraid if we just pushed it off that it would come back later. So mm-hmm. I, I would let him talk about it. We, we bought him everything. We bought him the books, the games, the puzzles, even had a plastic uh, Titanic that when you, put, when you put it in the water, it breaks in half and sinks. That's that that almost seems in poor taste. <laughs> it is. It totally it's just, is. Because you know, the funny part was that was the first thing is you know that you know I thought about it. it's like you get a Titanic Lego set you know and just you see somebody taking it in the bathtub and it's, mm-hmm. yeah then I was like yeah that's a terrible thought what am I doing? No, it's actual toy. You can get it. Yeah. He has it. He has all yeah. of his stuff. Yeah. Just weakens and breaks in half and you're like ah oh, it sank. I'm like oh it's authentic. Oh my God. Yeah. No, he was the, the, the thing about it that really, you know, creeped me out more than anything is that he knew stuff that 
I didn't even know until years later when they did documentaries on the Titanic. Like the one uh, great example is one day he brought home a picture again of the Titanic and it had smoke coming out of three out of four smokestacks. And I looked at it and I said, oh, I said, hey, what, um, you know, what, what happened here? I mean, did you just run out of time or, you know, why isn't there any smoke here? And he goes, he looked at me, you know, he always looked at me with this look of mom, you know, and he goes, mama, that's a dummy stack. They just used it. It wasn't real. And I said, what? And he said, it wasn't real. They just used it and made it look bigger. So, you know, but it's not a real smokestack. It's a dummy stack. That's true. That ended mm. up being true. And how would, a, how would a kid that age know that? There, it, there's no way. I mean, over these two years of uh, four to six years old, we didn't feed him any information. We didn't read him anything. We didn't say, hey, look at this. Did you know about this? He's the one that was telling us almost every day. And um, it, it got crazy. I mean, after two years, and then they came up with the exhibit in Chicago at the um, uh, Museum of Science and Industry. And my daughter is a forensic psychologist who didn't really believe me at all. She thought I was, you know, a little crazy mm -hmm. until she came home for the holidays. And we had bought him this CD-ROM game that you put in the computer and you're on the ship. You're actually on the ship. And it's a mystery game where they tell you to go to different places to find different objects to try to stop the sinking of the ship. So she's playing. I it was so hard I couldn't even figure out how to play that game. It used drove me crazy, and <laughs> so I made her do it. I said, "Hey, go go sit with him and play with that game, and you know, see how you do." Twenty minutes into it, she comes running upstairs and she grabs me and she goes, "He knows his way around the Titanic," and I said, "Yeah, I know." And he goes, "No, no, no. He he knows his way around the Titanic. He just yelled at me." He said, don't go to the port side. You need to go to the starboard side. If you go down staircase C, it's going to take you to the bridge, and you're going to be on the wrong side of the ship. And <laughs> my daughter wow. was like, what? So when the exhibit came up, um, she suggested we should take him to see the exhibit. Maybe this will bring him some closure. Yeah. And it actually did. It actually did, but it, it he was the only kid, like, out of all the children there, he, everybody's, you know, they're kids. They're running around. They're not looking at anything. My son had to see every last object. It took us, like, three hours to get through the exhibit because he had mm -hmm. to stop and look at every last thing. And uh, But he, he had a, a very terrifying dream about two weeks later, which I call the death dream. Um, he dreamed that the ship was going down. And uh, he was shaking so hard that I thought he was going to go into convulsions. And when I realized what was happening, because he had a lot of night terrors, so we we're already used to this. But this time he's up on his bed, his bed shaking, it's hitting the wall. He's staring at the floor. He's shaking uncontrollably. And uh, when I walked into his room and I realized, oh, my God, I think he's, you know, he's experiencing the sinking of the ship. And before I could even walk toward him, this voice came out of him. And it was not a little boy's voice. It was a man's voice. And this man screamed, she's going down. Wow. And it just, whoa. You know, that, it, it took me a long time. The doctors uh, had suggested us not to shake him out of that. 
to let him come out of it on his own. So I had to sit with him for a long time. And I finally got him back to sleep. And I was, you know, I mean, this was like it for me. And the next day I told him, I said, I said, sweetie, you scared mama so much last night. I said, you had a really bad, bad dream. And um, you really scared me. You were shaking really hard. And he looked at me like, you know, like an idiot, like he always did. He goes, mama, the water was freezing. You you know that, right? Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like the shaking. I'm like, I wonder if that's just a reaction, you know, the freezing cold water coming in. You know, it's just it's exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, ah. yeah. But the way he said it, he was just like, mom, you know, water. At two years down the road, but but after that dream, it was like a couple days ago by he wouldn't mention it. That week could go by he didn't mention it, and then actually we got two weeks in and he didn't mention it, and then he just didn't didn't talk about it anymore. So, but we have tons of pictures that he drew. <laughs> now, <laughs> Lots do, of and, that was, and that was one of the questions. It's like, um, do you ever plan on showing any of those? Um, well, we we are on a TV show called The Ghost Inside My Child which I think you can find on iTunes and someone on TikTok actually broke the show up into like seven segments. So you okay. can actually find it on TikTok also, but they did, um, they came out uh, to uh, Madison, Wisconsin, where we lived at the time and filmed for the whole weekend at a, a team of three people from LA and we're, we're on the show and, uh, and, you know, now my son at 27 is like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to acknowledge it anymore. And uh, I said, y y you know, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. You're well, it's, documented it's too too, everywhere. That's, yeah. That's, it's too bad too. Cause I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. I mean, cause when you, I mean, there's so many things that a kid that age shouldn't know. And if he knows mm -hmm. these things and at some point you're like, I, I'm pretty sure he's been there. You know, that this is, yeah. this isn't, you know, in the time where, you know, okay. Yeah. He just watched a video on it and just, you know, mm -hmm. he's remembering everything. It's like, Back there, you know, at that age, I mean, this is before the inner, you know, really oh, everything, yeah. YouTube, everything was big. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is back in, this is back in the days when, you know, internet was in, still in its infancy. I mean, it wasn't like mm -hmm. what we have nowadays. So that, right. you know, that information wasn't readily available like that. Oh, not at all. And uh, he, um, years later, it's so funny. He used to love um, Stephen Colbert and the Colbert Rapport. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he had to, he was the only kid I know that had to stay up and watch that before he'd go to sleep. And he would sit and laugh at all the political jokes. Just hilarious that he, he got all that. But years later, we got a call one night and Stephen Colbert had um, picked up the story of the ghost inside my child and some of the kids that were, um, uh, featured he was making fun of it and he actually posted a one, one of the pictures that my son drew of the titanic going down mm -hmm. so so jamie's um my son james uh his artwork ended up on the stephen colbert report so report. wow <laughs> i know yes the rapport it's, yeah rapport it's, no yeah, t's the t, yeah the t isn't hard it's, it's, it's a rapport <laughs> yeah that's no, that's you know, as we're getting here to the wrap up too. I wanted to make sure I share this thing for everybody to see too. You go to susanmacino.com. There it is. If if anybody doubted, you know the ACDC connection. It's right here. That's there's a book. Yeah, the one we've been talking about, which I got right here. Secrets of the Universe. That's one. Yeah, definitely pick that up. It's a fantastic book. Um, Thank you. And 
yeah, it, it was that that I really that I really enjoyed. And like I said, it, it's really really fast reading. I mean, it's not one of those mm. that were. And I I just like I said, we talked a little earlier. I mean, I like the way that you you know just even the laws. I mean, it's just it's going to be hard for people to see. Yeah, it's but, it's know, simple it's because. High, highlight it let's see let's go the right way here but it's simple because i'm simple okay i i've had uh one guy said that i write like a seventh grader so i I took that as a compliment and then um in the last couple of years somebody said i wrote like a ninth grader so i'm maturing so i'm I'm excited about that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's yeah that's no i i i I liked it i mean it was it was one of those just the stories and that's what I, said. I was really looking forward to having you on so we could talk about the ghost ghost stories and oh, thank you yeah it's in uh, here was like that's how rap music derived from the word rapport so for oh yeah, yeah yeah true I, I, I didn't know that that's that's cool biggest question of the night me and Craig are going back and forth earlier today do you by chance know the band skillet yes yes <laughs> I, yeah do you like them yeah, they're cool. Aww. I'm done. I win. Hey, I, I was on I was on uh, 941 JJO for seven years, and uh, from '97 to 2004, and we helped break bands like that: Lincoln Park, Disturbed, all those bands. Caroline Spine. I'd never yes, heard of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd never, I'd Probably. never heard of them. And I, so he sent me a video, and it immediately popped. I'm one of those. Some people, it's, it's kind of like either or. I'm like the band, like Jethro Tull. I can't stand the flute playing. I'm like, that's not rock and roll. I like, it's and not. then when he, no. when he when he shows me this band skillet, I go, they got the electric violin just going here. I'm like, this isn't a rock and this isn't a rock band. I go, if that's one of your main instruments, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm out. Um, it just, and so I was, la- I was laughing, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna ask this question on the show, and I'm like, all right, hey, I, I'm yeah, looking forward. Yeah, man, skillet rocks. Yeah, yes, exactly. totally. Like, uh, no hey, see, he wins. I, I know yeah. that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, yeah, it's like, yeah. When Susie showed me the video, I was just like, "Ah, oh, man, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it was Susan. Thank you oh. so much for coming back on. Oh yeah, anytime. I mean, Every- you know, love talking to you guys. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon.com. That's where yes. I got this. It was shipped to me in two days. Oh, awesome! Good yeah, to know. That's that's one of the beauties of having a distribution center. What fifteen miles away from my house? Oh yeah, uh, is, yeah. I can get same day delivery on some products. I mean, it's, <laughs> you can get if you order now, you can have it by ten p.m. tonight. I'm like, this is amazing. It is, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's, oh. yeah, Mo, Mona. Yeah, see, I agree. It's like it needed to be said. The flute just makes it weird. I know it does. Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, but still, I don't know. I, I like skillet, but uh, um, also I wanted to mention that I'm going to be on the Reels channel this Sunday night mm-hmm. at nine o'clock Eastern on Breaking the Band, ACDC Breaking the Band on the Reels channel. So if you get cable, check it out. I'm way nervous on how it. I don't know what made it made the edit, and we we did a four hour interview, so. You know, I, I'll probably be in there for two minutes, but it was cool. <laughs> don't you, don't, in a way, don't you hate that? The fact that they do all those things and then they don't tell you what they're going to keep and what they're not. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I'm nervous. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know. I've had a few people that ask this, too. It's like for the show. They're like, so, you know, you know, how much do you guys edit? And I'm like, oh, there's no editing. I'm like, I'm, I fail live yeah. on air. Trust me. Yeah. 
No, I, I did that when I was on um, JJO. I used to do a one-hour local hour of local music, and I would have a band on, and I didn't use a delay, which you know means you can cut something if somebody says something wrong. So we were live, live, and I loved that. That was so much fun, especially when things didn't go right. <laughs> yes, that's that's what makes it amazing to you know that you think it's not boring. It's like you're yeah. just waiting for the. I think that's one of the reasons why somebody like Howard Stern was such, you know, a force mm-hmm. when he came on the scene. It's just because, you know, you weren't supposed to talk to your news, you, the new news person. You weren't yeah. supposed to actually converse with them. And so, you know, he, just, he broke all the taboos of radio. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, uh, it was, it, that's fun to do, you know, if you can do it. That was, and well, now you guys have these platforms where back when I started in radio, nothing like this existed. So it's really cool to see people being able to do their own shows and to get out there and, you know, spread the word. So. Yeah. And Harlan, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. She, she's, it's great to have her on. I mean, we've had her on twice now and that's, I said, it's been great each time. So thank you. Oh, it's great. Well, thank you, Harlan. And thank you, Mark. And, you know, everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. please go pick up secrets of the universe and universal laws, past lives, ghost adventures, and more. And if if you're so inclined, there are some nice ACDC books to pick up as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, There's a few. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just yeah, let couple. there be. Yep. Let there be rock is, is one. You just updated that one as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. well, Susan, thank you so much. Have a, yeah. Thank you. Like said, we'll definitely, uh, like I said, down the road, I said, we'll definitely have to do it again and, you know, catch it, you know, see, see where things are going. Let us know if you get on some updates for some ghost ghost oh, investigations yeah. too because that's yeah yeah that's we're gonna get there we're gonna get awesome out there you know i want to see if we can get some white streaks in that you know that, that beard of his so yeah well just you know go go stay in the sarah black room that'll do it for you <laughs> sarah black room or bobby mackey's or no at uh, the farnsworth yeah don't don't go yeah. to bobby mackey's just don't i'm just telling <laughs> well, I know, you right I just, don't do it I just, yeah, that, that'll be that'll be advanced class yeah so, all right. Well, hey, have, Thanks have a lot, great, guys. Yep, have a great night. We'll we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. All right, bye. Bye bye. All right, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Nanny Cakes. Go to Nanny Cakes four hundred seven on Facebook or give her a phone call at four zero seven nine two three two eight nine eight. Mention Three Beards podcast, and you're going to save fifteen percent on that cake order, which is a pretty good deal, especially like wedding cakes and stuff. That's an amazing discount, and. Patreon.com, Three Beards Podcast, is how you adopt one of us beards. Or you can go to redbubble.com, Three Beards Podcast, buy some of our merchandise. We've got coasters. I don't have any yet, so I'm just going to do this. We have coasters. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, we pick those co- coasters, T-shirts, magnets, you, know, you name it. It's it's on there. It's um, real real quick. Um, there's a fire engine right outside the house. Maybe I can hear that. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's, I got a fire. <laughs> emergency yeah check us out on social media like share everybody i mean it seems such a silly thing but seriously 15 seconds of your time is going to mean the world it's like if you could subscribe to us on youtube share or even just follow follow like you know subscribe to the stuff here on facebook um share us with friends you know find that 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 helps because youtube and facebook kind of have a thing if you don't pay they're not going to promote you and so we kind of have to do it word of mouth in the organic way. So if you could do that for us, we would appreciate it. And just 
once again, Susan, can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Everybody, have a great night. We will see you next one. Good night. Good night.